are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. Sapphire Planet. Explaining the Fermi Paradox hypothetically. Certain theoreticians except that the apparent absence of evidence implies that the absence of extraterrestrials and attempts to explain why. Others offer possible frameworks in which the silence may be explained without ruling out the possibility of such life, including assumptions about extraterrestrial behavior and technology. Each of these hypothesized explanations is essentially an argument for decreasing the value of one or more of the terms in the Drake equation. The arguments are not, in general, mutually exclusive. For example, it could be both that life is rare and technological civilizations are short-lived, or many, many other combinations. One explanation is that the human civilization is alone, or very nearly so, in the Milky Way galaxy. Several theories along these lines have been proposed, explaining why intelligent life might be either very rare or very short-lived. Implications of these hypotheses are known as the Great Filters. Those who believe that extraterrestrial intelligence or extra-intelligent life does not exist argue that the conditions needed for life or that of at least complex life to evolve are rare or even unique to Earth. This is known as the Rare Earth Hypothesis, which attempts to resolve the Fermi Paradox by rejecting the meteorocracy principle and asserting that the earth is not typical but unusual or even unique. While a unique earth has historically been assumed on philosophical or religious grounds, the rare earth hypothesis uses quantifiable and statistical arguments to argue that multicellular life is exceedingly rare in the universe because Earth-like planets are themselves exceedingly rare and or many improbable coincidences have converged to make complex life on Earth possible. It is possible that complex life may evolve through other mechanisms than those found specifically here on Earth. 
but the fact that in the history of life on the earth, only one species has developed a civilization to the point of being capable of spaceflight and radio technology lends more credence to the idea of technologically advanced civilizations being rare in the universe. For example, the emergence of intelligence may have been an evolutionary accident. Some scientists propose that human intelligence is the result of runaway sexual selection, which takes unpredictable directions. They caution that the idea that the evolution of life once it has reached a certain minimum complexity is bound to produce intelligent beings relies on a fallacy of the ladder of evolution as so far as evolution does not strive for a goal but just happens it uses the adaptations most useful for a given ecological niche and the fact that on Earth, this led to technological intelligence only once so far, may suggest that this outcome of natural selection is rare, and hence by no means a certain development of the evolution of a tree of life. Another hypothesis estimates that evolution to the stage of intelligent life required about 10 billion years rather than the 5 billion years normally assumed. This implies that the first 5 billion years of our own evolution occurred in other locations. For instance, planets that existed before the Earth. According to this hypothesis, intelligence life is rare because evolution has only now reached the stage where intelligent life has a reasonable probability of occurring. Another hypothesis along these lines is that even if the condition needed for life might be common in the universe, that the formation of life itself, a complex array of molecules that are capable simultaneously of reproduction, of extraction of base components from the environment, and of obtaining energy in a form that life can use to maintain the reaction, might ultimately be very rare. Additionally, in the non-directional, meandering form initial life to humans, other low probability happenings may have been the transition from prokaryotic cells to eukaryotic cells with separate nucleuses, organelles, specialization, a cytoskeleton allowing the cell to take on different shapes, and the transition from a single cellular life to multicellular life, which was recorded in the Cambrian explosion of 530 million years ago, when significant numbers of organisms evolved hard body parts. Although multicellular life perhaps first started to evolve a couple of hundred million years before that, Single-cell life emerged about 3.5 billion years ago, and for most of Earth's history, and for reasons not fully understood, there have only been single-celled creatures. And even fundamental conditions, such as the chemical composition of the nursery nebula, from which a planetary system forms, could have unusual 
or detrimental consequences for the emergence and survival of life. There are many other potential branching points. For example, perhaps the transition from ocean creatures to land-dwelling creatures crucially depends on unusually large moon and significant tides. Many astronomers refer to our Earth-Moon pairing as a double planet. This ratio between parent and satellite is rare in our planetary system. There is no observational data on the numbers of double planets in other planetary systems. The obliquity of Earth's axis of rotation is 23.5 degrees with a plus or minus of 1.5 degrees variation over 41,000 years. Mars, on the other hand, has an obliquity of 25 degrees with a 10 degree plus or minus variation over 100,000 years. And calculations indicate over longer time periods Mars obliquity changes chaotically perhaps ranging from 0 degrees to 60 degrees over the last 10 million years. With no moon to act as a stabilizing force, Earth's obliquity might also wander chaotically. It is also possible that intelligence is common, but industrialized civilization is not. For example, the rise of industrialism on Earth was driven by the presence of convenient energy sources such as fossil fuels. If such energy sources are rare or non-existent elsewhere, then it may be far more difficult for an intelligent alien race to advance technologically to the point where humans could communicate with them. There may also be other unique factors on which our civilization is dependent, or on a water world where intelligent creatures are something like dolphins, it may be difficult to build fire and forge metals. Another possibility is that the Earth is the first planet in the Milky Way on which industrialized civilization has arisen. However, critics note that according to current understanding, many Earth-like planets were created many billions of years prior to Earth. So this explanation requires repudiation of the mediocrity principle. Insofar as rare Earth hypothesis privileges life on Earth and processes of formation, it is a variant of the anthropic principle. The variant of the anthropic principle states the universe seems uniquely suited towards developing human intelligence. This philosophical stance opposes not only the mediocrity principle, but also the wider Copernican principle, which suggests that there is no privileged location in the universe. Opponents dismiss both rare earth anthropic principles as tautology. If a condition must exist in the universe for human life to arise, then the universe must already meet that condition as human life exists and as an argument for the incredulity or lack of imagination. According to this analysis, the rare earth hypothesis confuses a description 
of how life on earth arose with a uniform conclusion of how life must arise. While the probability of the specific condition on earth being widely replicated is low, we do not know what complex life may require in order to evolve. Is it the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself? This is the argument that technological civilizations may usually or invariably destroy themselves before or shortly after developing radio or spaceflight technology. Possible means of annihilation include nuclear war, biological warfare, or accidental contamination, climate change, nanotechnology catastrophe, ill-advised physics experiment, a badly primed, badly programmed superintelligence, or a Malthusian catastrophe after deterioration of a planet's ecosphere. This general theme is explored both in fiction and in mainstream scientific theorizing. Indeed, there are probabilistic arguments which suggest that human extinction may occur sooner rather than later. In 1966, Carl Sagan speculated that technological civilizations will either tend to destroy themselves within a century of developing interstellar communicative capability or master their self-destructive tendencies and survive for billion-year timescales. Self-annihilation may also be viewed in terms of thermodynamics insofar as life is an ordered system that can sustain itself against the tendency to disorder, the external transmission or interstellar communication phase may be the point at which the system becomes unstable and self-destructs. From a Darwin perspective, Self-destruction would be an ironic outcome of evolutionary success. The evolutionary psychology that developed during the competition for scarce resources over the course of human evolution has left the species subject to aggressive instinctual drives. These compel humanity to consume resources extend longevity and to reproduce, in part, the very motives that lead to the development of a technological society. It seems likely that intelligent extraterrestrial life would evolve in a similar fashion and thus face the same possibilities of self-destruction. And yet, to provide a good answer to Fermi's question, self-destruction by technological species would have to be a near universal occurrence. Otherwise, the few civilizations which it does not apply would colonize the galaxy. This argument does not require the civilization to entirely self-destruct, only to become once again non-technological. In other ways, it could persist and even thrive according to evolutionary standards, which postulate producing offspring as the sole goal of life, not progress. Is it the nature of intelligent life to destroy others? Another possibility is that an intelligent species beyond a certain point of technological capability will destroy other intelligence as it appears 
as it is exemplified by theorists about the extermination of Neanderthals by early humans. The idea that something or someone is destroying intelligent life in the universe has been well explored in science fiction and scientific literature. A species might undertake such extermination out of expansionist motives, paranoia, or simple aggression. Some scientists have argued that such behavior would be an act of prudence. An intelligent species that has overcome its own self-destructive tendencies might view any other species bent on galactic expansion as a kind of virus. It has also been suggested that a successful alien species would be a super predator, just like Homo sapiens. This hypothesis requires at least one civilization to have arisen in the past and that the first civilization would not have faced this problem. However, it could still be that Earth is alone now. Like exploration, the extermination of other civilizations might be carried out with self-replicating spacecraft under such a scenario, even if a civilization that created such means were to disappear, the probes could outlive their creators, destroying civilizations far into the future. If true, this argument reduces the number of visible civilizations in two ways. By destroying some civilizations, and forcing others to remain quiet under the fear of discovery. So we would see no signs of them. This may also make it impossible for life to evolve in regions of the universe close to a developed civilization, assuring that any new civilizations will start off far away from pre-existing ones. Sometimes life is periodically destroyed by naturally occurring events. On Earth, there have been numerous major extinction events that destroyed the majority of complex species alive at the time. The extinction of the dinosaurs is the best known example. They are believed to be caused by events such as an impact from a large meteorite, massive volcanic eruptions, or astronomical events such as gamma ray bursts. It may be the case that such extinction events are common throughout the universe and periodically destroy intelligent life before the species is able to develop the technology to communicate with other species. Religious and philosophical speculation about extraterrestrial intelligent life long predates modern scientific inquiry into the subject. They believe human beings were created alone. Some, like Greek philosopher Lycripidus, Democritus, and Epicurus, of the 5th and 4th centuries BC suggested that there might be other inhabited worlds. Some religious thinkers, including Jewish philosopher Rabbi Hasadis Kreskus, circa 1340, and the Christian philosopher Nicholas Akuska, circa 1401, also put forward their views of the possibility of such extraterrestrial intelligence. On the other hand, philosophers such as Aristotle and religious thinkers such as Thomas Aquinas claim that human beings are unique in the divine plan and counsel against the belief in intelligent life on other worlds.
that Aristotle believed the element of the heavens was fire, as opposed to earth, and so the heavens could not support life. Thomas Aquinas additionally believed that the uniqueness of God implied the uniqueness of earth, and also notes that the Bible refers to the world in the singular. Religious reasons for doubting the existence of extraterrestrial intelligent life resemble some forms of the rare earth hypothesis. The argument here would be that theological form of the strong anthropophic principle, the universe was designed for the express purpose of creating human and only human intelligence. This argument proposes that a prior advanced intelligence existed in order to create human life, which might pose a question whether that intelligence was the only one to exist before it created us, but the perspective is a philosophical and abstract one. Some cosmologists propose a multiverse solution to the Fermi paradox. In this scenario, using the synchronous gauge probability distribution, young universes exceed outnumbered older ones. Therefore, the average over all universes Universes with civilizations will almost always have just one. Perhaps this is the argument explains some scientists why City has not found any signals from alien civilizations. It may be that technological extraterrestrial civilizations exist, but that human beings cannot communicate them because of constraints, problems of scale, or of technology. Because they do not wish to communicate or their nature is simply too alien for meaningful communication, or perhaps even being recognized as technology. It may be that non-colonizing technological capable alien civilization exists, but they are simply too far apart for meaningful two-way communication. If two civilizations are separated by several thousand light years, it is very possible that one or both cultures may become extinct before meaningful dialogue can be extinguished. Human searchers may be able to detect their existence, but communication will remain impossible because of distance. This problem might be somewhat if contact communication is made through a probe, and in this case at least one partner in the exchange may obtain meaningful information. Alternatively, a civilization may simply broadcast its knowledge and leave it to the receiver to make of it what they will. This is similar to the transmission of information from ancient civilizations to the present, and humanity has undertaken similar activities like the Arecibo message, which could transfer information about Earth's intelligent species even if it never yields a response or does not yield a response in time for humanity to receive it. It is also possible that archaeological evidence of past civilizations may be detected through deep space observation, especially if they left behind large artifacts such as Dyson spears. The problem of distance is compounded by the fact that time scales affording a window of opportunity for detection or contact might be quite small. Advanced civilizations may periodically rise and fall throughout our galaxy, but this may be such a rare event, relatively speaking, that the odds of two or more such civilizations existing at the same time are low. There have been intelligent civilizations in the galaxy before the emergence of intelligence on Earth, and there may be intelligent civilizations after its extinction, but it is possible that human beings are the only intelligent civilization in existence now in the Milky Way galaxy. The term now is somewhat complicated by the finite speed of light and the nature of space-time under relativity. Assuming that an extraterrestrial intelligence is not able to travel to our vicinity 
at a faster than light speeds. In order to detect an intelligence a thousand light years distance, that intelligence will need to have been active a thousand years ago. Strictly speaking, only the portions of the universe lying within the past light cone of Earth need be considered, since any civilizations outside of it could not be detected. Another issue is the possibility very small lengths of time that a civilization might be loudly broadcasting material that could be reasonably detected. A related argument holds that other civilizations exist and are transmitting and exploring, but their signals and probes simply have not arrived yet. However, these critics have noted that this is unlikely since it requires that humanity's advancement has occurred at a very special point in time, while the Milky Way galaxy is in transition from empty to full. This is a tiny fraction of the life of the galaxy under ordinary assumptions and calculations resulting from them. So the likelihood that we're in the midst of this transition is considered low in the paradox. Work on the theory of neocatastrophism where galactic and even supergalactic dynamics are seen as possibly frequently injurious to current biospheres in a way that is roughly analogous to the way geological and climatical catastrophes have occurred, set back biological developments on Earth, might be given as a partial, if not full, resolution to the paradox, as advanced species might as well be fragile to major events at a pace that would argue against a short transition. It might be too expensive to spread physically throughout the galaxy. Many assumptions about the ability of alien cultures to colonize other stars are based on the idea that interstellar travel is a technological feasibility. While the current understanding of physics rules out the possibility of faster than light travel, it appears that there are no major theoretical barriers to the construction of slow interstellar ships. It is possible, however, that present scientific knowledge cannot properly gauge the feasibility and cost of such interstellar colonization. Theoretical barriers may not yet be understood, and the cost of materials and energy for such ventures may be so high as to make it unlikely that any civilization could afford to attempt it. Even if interstellar travel and colonization were possible, they may be difficult, leading to a colonization model based on percolation theory. Colonization efforts may not occur as an unstoppable rush, but rather as an uneven tendency to percolate outwards within an eventual slowing and termination of the effort given the enormous costs involved, and the fact that colonies will inevitably develop culture and civilization of their own. Colonization may thus occur in clusters, with large areas remained uncolonized at any one time. A similar argument holds that interstellar physical travel may be possible, but it is much more expensive than interstellar communication. Further, to an advanced civilization, travel itself may be replaced by communication through mind uploading and similar technologies. Therefore, the first civilization may have physically explored or colonized the galaxy, but subsequent civilizations find it cheaper faster and easier to travel and get information through contacting existing civilizations rather than physically exploring or traveling themselves. In this scenario, since there is little or no physical travel and directed communications are hard to see except to intend receivers, there could be many technological and interacting civilizations with few signs visible across interstellar distances.
Maybe humans haven't been searching long enough. Humanity's ability to detect and comprehend intelligent extraterrestrial life has existed for only a very brief period. From 1937 onwards, if the invention of the radio telescope is taken as the dividing line and Homo sapiens is a geologically recent species, the whole period of modern human existence to date, about 200,000 years, is a very brief period on a cosmological scale, while radio transmissions have only been propagated since the year 1895. Thus it remains possible that human beings have neither been searching long enough to find other intelligences, nor been in existence long enough to be found. One million years ago, there would have been no humans for any extraterrestrial emissaries to meet. For each further step back in time, there would have been increasingly fewer indications to such emissaries that intelligent life would develop on the Earth. In a large and already ancient universe, a spacefaring alien species may well have been made other more promising worlds to visit and revisit. Even if alien emissaries visit in more recent times, they have may have been interpreted by early human cultures as supernatural entities. This hypothesis is more plausible if alien civilizations tend to stagnate or die out rather than to expand. In addition, the probability of a site never being visited even with an infinite time limit, is a non-zero value. Thus, even if intelligent life expands elsewhere, it remains statistically possible that such extraterrestrial life may never discover the Earth. Maybe communications is improbable for technical reasons. Maybe humans are not listening correctly. There are some assumptions that underlie the SETI search program that may cause searchers to miss signals that are present. For example, the radio searchers to date would completely miss high compressed data streams, which would be almost indistinguishable from white noise to anyone who did not understand the compression algorithm. Extraterrestrials might also use frequencies that scientists have decided are unlikely to carry signals or do not penetrate our atmosphere, such as gamma rays, or use modulation strategies that are not being looked for. The signals might be at a data rate that is too fast for electronics to handle, or too slow to be recognized as attempts at communication. Simple broadcast techniques might be employed but sent from non-make-sequence stars, which are searched with lower priority. Current programs assume that most alien life will be orbiting sun-like stars. The greatest problem is the sheer size of the radio search needed to look for signals, effectively spanning the entire visible universe. The limited amount of resources committed to SETI and the sensitivity of modern instruments. SETI estimates, for instance, that with a radio telescope as sensitive as the Arecibo, Earth's television and radio broadcasts would only be detectable at a distance as up to 0.3 light-years. Clearly detecting an Earth-type civilization at great distance is difficult. A signal is much easier to detect if the signal energy is limited to either a narrow range of frequencies, such as narrowband transmission, or directed at a specific part of the sky. Such signals can be detected at ranges of hundreds to tens of thousands of light years of distance. However, this means that the detectors must be listening to an appropriate range of frequencies and be in the region of space to which the beam is being sent. 
many SETI searches, starting with the venerable Project Cyclops, go so far to assume that extraterrestrial civilizations will be broadcasting a deliberate signal, like the Arecibo message, in order to be found. Thus, to detect alien civilizations through their radio emissions, Earth observers either need more sensitive instruments or must hope for fortunate circumstances that the broadband radio emissions of alien radio technology are much stronger than our own, that one SETI's programs is listening to the correct frequencies from the right regions of space, or that aliens are sending focused transmission, such as the Arecibo message, in our general direction. It may be that alien civilizations are detectable through their radio emissions for only a short time, reducing the likelihood of spotting them. There are two possibilities in this regard. Civilizations outgrow radio through technological advance, or conversely, resource depletion cuts short the time in which a species broadcasts. The first idea, that civilizations advance beyond radio, is based in part on the fiber optic objection, the use of high power radio with low to minimum gain antennas for long distance transmission is wasteful of spectrum. Yet this waste is precisely what makes these systems conspicuous at interstellar distances. Humans are moving to directional or guided transmission channels such as electrical cable, optical fibers, narrow beam microwave and lasers. And conventional radio with non-directional antennas is increasingly reserved for low power short-range applications such as cell phones and Wi-Fi networks. These signals are far less detectable from space. Analog television developed in the mid-20th centuries contained strong carriers to aid reception and demodulization. Carriers are spectral lines that are very easily detected, yet do not convey any information beyond their highly artificial nature. Nearly every SETI project is looking for carriers for just this reason. And UHF TV carriers are the most conspicuous and artificial signals from Earth that could be detected at interstellar distance. But advances in technology are replacing analog TV with digital television, which uses spectrum more efficiently by eliminating or reducing components such as carriers and makes them so conspicuous. Using our own experience as an example, we could set the date of radio visibility for Earth as December 12, 1901, when Marconi sent radio signals from Cornwall, England to Newfoundland, Canada. Visibility is now ending, or at least becoming orders of magnitude more difficult, as analog TV is being phased out. And if so, if our experience is typical, a civilization remains radio visible for approximately 100 years. So as civilization may have been very visible from 1325 to 1483, but we were just not listening at that time. This is essentially the solution. Everyone is listening, but no one is sending. More hypothetically, hypothetically advanced alien civilizations evolve beyond broadcasting at all in the electromagnetic spectrum and communicate by principles of physics we don't understand yet. Some scientists have hypothesized that advanced civilizations may send neutrino signals. If such signals exist, they could be detectable by neutrino detectors that are now under construction. If stable wormholes could be created and used for communication, then interstellar broadcasts could become largely redundant. Thus it may be that other civilizations would only be detectable for a relatively short period of time between the discovery of radio and the switch to more efficient technologies. A different argument 
is that the resource depletion will soon result in a decline in technological capabilities. Human civilizations have been capable of interstellar radio communications for only a few decades and is already quite rapidly depleting fossil fuels and confronting possible problems such as peak oil. It may be only a few more decades before energy becomes too expensive and the necessary electronics and computers too difficult to manufacture for us to continue the search. If the same conditions regarding energy supply hold true for other civilizations, then radio technology may be short-lived phenomena. Unless two civilizations happen to be near each other and develop the ability to communicate at the same time, it would be virtually impossible for any one civilization to talk to another. There are other hypotheses. and other arguments. One of them is the zoo hypothesis. The zoo hypothesis states that superintelligent extraterrestrial life exists and does not contact life on Earth to allow for its natural evolution and development. These ideas are perhaps the most plausible if there is a relatively universal culture or legal policy among a plurality of extraterrestrial civilizations necessitating isolation with respect to alien life. In a universe without such power, random civilizations with independent principles would, in all likelihood, make contact. This makes us a crowded universe with clearly defined rules seem more plausible. This theory may break down under uniformity of motive flaw. All it takes is a single culture or civilization to decide to act contrary to the imperative within our range of detection for it to be abrogated, and the probability of such violation increases with the number of civilizations. Perhaps a sufficiently technological and socially advanced civilization would be capable of enforcing rules. Another hypothesis is that it's dangerous to communicate. An alien civilization might feel it is too dangerous to communicate, either for us or for them. After all, when very different civilizations have met on Earth, the results have often been disastrous for one side or the other. And the same may apply to interstellar contact. Even contact at a safe distance could lead to infection by computer code or even ideas themselves. Perhaps prudent civilizations actively hide, not only from us, but from everyone out of fear of other civilizations. Perhaps the Fermi Paradox itself, or the alien equivalent of it, is the ultimate reason for any civilization to avoid contact with other civilizations, even if no other obstacles existed. From any one civilization's point of view, it would be unlikely for them to be the first ones to make contact. Therefore, it is likely that previous civilizations faced fatal problems with first contact. So perhaps every civilization keeps quiet because of the possibility that there is a real reason for others to do so also. It may be that intelligent alien life forms not only exist, but already are present here on Earth. They are not detected because they do not wish it. Human beings are technically unable to or because societies refuse to admit to the evidence. Several variations have this, of this idea have been proposed. Carl Sagan argued for serious considerization of paleo-contact with extraterrestrials in early historical era. 
and for the examination of myths and religious lore for evidence of such contact. Sagan noted that many or most religions were founded by men who claimed contact with supernatural entities who bestowed wisdom, guidance, and technology. It is possible that life form technologically advanced enough to travel to Earth might be sufficiently advanced to exist here undetected. In this view, the aliens have arrived on Earth or in our solar system and are observing the planet while concealing their presence. Observations could conceivably be conducted in a number of ways that would be very difficult to detect. For example, a complex system of microscopes monitoring devices constructed via molecular nanotechnology could be deployed on Earth and remain undetected. Or sophisticated instruments could conduct passive monitoring from elsewhere while concealing themselves with stealth technology that need not be much more advanced than our current terrestrial ones that we have developed ourselves. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.